Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Okay, so let me tell you this one story, all right? Just because I haven't told it in a while and I really like it, all right? Listen to this story about this devout man who was very overweight, and he decided to go on a diet. And one of his main problems was that he would stop by Krispy Kreme Donuts every morning on his way to work. So to make things easier for himself, he changed his route to work to avoid the temptation of stopping. As the weeks went by, he started losing a lot of weight, and people started receiving compliments from his friends and from his coworkers. And then one morning, without thinking, he accidentally turned on the wrong road that would take him right by the donut shop. And he was going to turn around because he thought to himself, well, maybe the Lord has rewarded me for my efforts. <laughs> so, and so he said a short prayer telling the Lord that if this was his way of speaking to him, then let there be an open parking space directly in front of the shop. Well, sure enough, on the seventh time around the block, there was an open spot right in front of the block. <laughs> I told you I was a good one, didn't I? It's funny. Okay, so take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel. Get your pen, get your pen. Y'all ready to hear the word tonight? I hope so. 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you've been with us, you know Samuel divides itself nicely into three main sections. I've told you this. I hope you have it written down already. Chapters 1 through 10, David's triumphs. Chapters 11 through 12, we have David's trials. And in chapters 13 through 24, we have David's troubles. David's triumphs, David's trials, and David's troubles. I told you that 2 Samuel is a book about David. Chapter 5 tells us that David reigned 40 years as king. He reigned seven and a half years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. Now listen to me close. The next five chapters, David is involved in some, or five, I should say, important activities. The next five chapters, David is involved in five important activities. In chapter 7, and you might want to write this down. This will help you kind of frame what we're talking about over the next several weeks. Chapter 7, accepting God's will. Chapter 8, fighting God's battles. Chapter 9, sharing God's kindness. Chapter 10, I'll read it again, defending God's honor. Chapter 11, David begins to disobey God again. Chapter 7, 
Next week I'll have a slide for you or something to make it a little bit easier. Chapter 7, Accepting God's Will. Chapter 8, Fighting God's Battle. Chapter 9, Sharing God's Kindness. Chapter 10, Defending God's Honor. In chapter 11, David begins to disobey God again. Accepting God's will. Fighting God's battle. Sharing God's kindness. Defending God's honor. Begins to disobey God again. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Now, show of hands, were you with me in chapter 6? Chapter 6, show of hands, okay? That's a good number of you. Then you know in chapter 6, David is anointed king of Israel, and he's done some great things already. He made Jerusalem the political and the spiritual capital of the nation, but there was one thing missing among them. What was that? Anybody know? The Ark of the Covenant, very good. The Ark had not been in Jerusalem for 70 years. So David in chapter 6, if you weren't here, listen to me close. David in chapter 6 gathered 30,000 men to get the ark from the house of Abinadad. Abinadad. At the house of Abinadad, they had put the ark on a new cart and they headed to Jerusalem. There was a guy by the name of Uzzah and a guy by the name of Ohio who were leading the march, going back to Jerusalem, 30,000 men, the priests, the musicians are playing the harp, guitars are following behind, and while they're moving, all of a sudden, the, the cart or the oxen stumbled. It shook. And in chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, tells us that Uzzah tried to steady the cart. So y'all getting the scene? The cart is shaking, and then Uzzah goes, oh, wait, oh, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it. And when he touched the ark, trying to steady the ark from falling, the Lord struck him dead. Now, remember, we talked about this. David had the right motive in chapter 6, but the wrong method. If you don't have it written down, write that down. That's important. He had the right motive, but the wrong method because the ark was never to come in contact with human hands. Exodus chapter 25 tells us that the Levites were the only ones allowed to carry the ark. And even they had to carry it on the poles. You guys remember what the ark of the covenant looked? We don't need to go through all that, do we not? Huh? Okay, so they, they had to carry it on the poles. They couldn't even touch the ark. They had these poles through these rings that were on the corners of the ark, and only the Levites were allowed to do that, so they were doing the right thing the wrong way. Well, in chapter 6 and verse 10, when the ark shook and it fell, David stopped the procession, and he left the ark in the house of Obed-Edom, and he left it there for three months, 90 days. And it was during those 90 days that David learned to hear from God. It was during those 90 days that David learned to obey God's word. First Chronicles chapter 15 tells us, Then David said, No one may carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him. This is what David learned during those 90 days. It was over those three months that David realized the problem wasn't with the Lord. The problem was with David not obeying the scriptures. And might I kind of insert right here, the problem is never with the Lord. The problem is always with us disobeying the scriptures. Look at your neighbor and say, he preaching. Because you know that's right. The problem is not the word. 
The problem is you. Let's move on. So David understood how God wanted the ark handled. David understood God doesn't want us throwing him on a cart and rolling him down the way. (laughs) The way they choose. Sometimes we get caught up throwing God on our cart, don't we? On what we want to do, the things we have, we want to do it and so on and so forth. We throw God on our cart and say, okay, God, come our way and bless our mess. I'm getting ahead of myself, but oh well. David learned that you should handle the ark of God with reverence and respect. And might I add, we should handle the sanctuary of God with reverence and respect. I fear that the church today has lost its reverence and respect for the things of God, for the house of God, for the sanctuary of God. And that's why anything goes nowadays. Anything goes. I mean, you can do anything in the sanctuary of God nowadays because, you know, it's, we've lost our respect for the presence of God. What is going on? I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking about the world. They have no idea. They have no, no concept. But we Christians, we ought to, this is, a, this is holy ground because God is here and because we are here. Somebody say amen. amen. Look, I'm the one with the pain in my back. <laughs> Y'all say amen. We need to reverence the things of God and, 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 and honor the things of God and, and, and view the things of God as holy and not like us. So they carried the ark 30 feet. And get this, every 30 feet, they would stop and offer a sacrifice. They did this all the way to Jerusalem, long and bloody road, but it was what God wanted. So the ark of God is coming to Jerusalem after being gone for 70 years. There's this huge procession of people celebrating and shouting and rejoicing, and people are hanging over the wall as the ark is coming in, and everybody is excited. And in chapter 6, verse 14, go ahead and look there. David was glad, and he danced before the Lord wearing his ephod. Well, Michael, in verse 16, Saul's daughter looked through the window and saw David dancing before the Lord in his ephod. And she looked out out the window of what I call superiority or the window of criticism. And she despised her husband. And this was a big deal in the life of the nation of Israel. You got to understand that. This was a big deal. The ark is in the middle of the nation. So David is dancing. The crowd is rejoicing. The smoke is rising. The sacrifice is being offered. It is a glorious day. And David was happy. And David danced before the Lord. And he didn't hold anything back from worshiping the Lord. The Bible tells us he danced with all his might. That meant with with all his strength, with every fiber of who he was. So David is flying high spiritually and excited right now. And now enters Betty Bummer, his wife, Michael. She said, don't you look glorious dancing in your undies as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself? Don't you look great? Keep in mind, Solomon hadn't written a soft answer turns away wrath yet. So David said... Look at verse 21 of chapter 6. David said, the Lord chose me instead of your father. Amen. David said, now, take that. Pizza face. (laughs) God loved me more than your old man. 
We talked about the last time, didn't we, ladies? Stinging words beget stinging answers. Action produces reaction. A mean approach draws a mean response. David said, I will play music and dance before the Lord. Ladies, we talked about it, didn't we? Husbands need you to be there for them. I'm going to say it again because some of y'all wasn't here last time. Husbands need you to be there for them, ladies. A man needs a woman who is willing to be embarrassed with him. Am I right about it, fellas? That's the first time y'all ever actually responded in a manly way. Y'all were like, yes. Absolutely. We, I mean, we really do. I mean, we need you to be, uh, be there for us. That's the kind of the point. Just be there for us. And, 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 and even if we're doing something that's not cool, be there for us and then get home and say, honey, that wasn't cool. I... I <laughs> <laughs> this, made, made, this honestly made me think of the time when I was, I told you this story a while ago. I was with Miss Elvira. We had first started going to Calvary Chapel. It was the first time we ever walked into Calvary Chapel. And this was many, many years ago. Ronnie, y'all were like babies, I think. And uh, so we, we go to a Calvary Chapel, and I remember the pastor was uh, Bob Chapel, my pastor. He was playing the song. I told you guys about this. Joy, joy, joy. He's playing this song, and it's kind of got this Hebrew, uh, Jewish kind of... You know, and he's playing this song, and the people... Are, 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 it's my first time ever in Calvary Chapel. I, I mean, to the point I had a suit on and a tie, and Elvira had a dress and gloves, hat, pearls, and everything. I mean, <laughs> 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 that kind of first time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> all right. So it was. For, I'm just trying to give you the picture how first time it was. All right. So. And, and, and I, I, I couldn't understand why these people, keep in mind I come from a very Pentecostal background where we were like at the other end of the pendulum. I mean like swinging from the chandeliers and jumping over the pews and the Blues Brothers and flips and, and, and black glasses and uh, da, 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 da. you know, so I feel like I just walk into the twilight zone. I mean, that, that, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with the song. I'm, I'm fine. Whatever, whatever you play, fine. Worship the Lord, fine. No problem. My problem was they weren't worshiping the Lord. They were just sitting there like he, the man is up there playing his heart out and singing his heart out. And people sitting there. I said, this ain't right. That doesn't. Now keep in mind. If it's your first time with us, please just bear with me, okay? Keep in mind that this, at, this was 32 years ago, walking to a Calvary Chapel, we were the only black couple there, okay? Um, now, those of you that go to Calvary Chapel, y'all understand that. And those of you that don't, ask them. They will t- explain it to you, right? So, I'm thinking, what's wrong with these people? They're not enjoying the Lord. They're not clapping their hands. They're not doing anything. So, and the pastor's up there singing his heart out. So, I, my, honey, you remember this? I, I, honestly, 
<laughs> so I said, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get with this and help this man. I'm going, so I start clapping my hands like this here, and I'm just on my own by myself, okay? Just clap my hands. All of a sudden, I stood up. And I'm clapping my hands. I'm like, dun, 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 dun. I'm the only one standing in the whole room. I'm the only one clapping. And I'm looking around and nobody's clapping and nobody. And I'm like, boy, this is embarrassing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, thank God, Elvira stood up with me. <laughs> she stood up with me. She's like, honey, if we going to go down, we going to go down together. I'm right or die. I am right or die with you, man. We're going to go down together. <laughs> and so the pastor, the pastor looked at me, and then he looked at us, and he knew we were, like, dying, okay? By ourselves, we are, like, dying. And, he, and he, he was the coolest guy. He was, like, bluegrass. He's with the Lord right now. And he was bluegrass and, you know, and he was, and he was just a real sweet kind of guy. He, he's playing the guitar and he sees us dying there by ourselves, clapping our hands. Nobody else is still clapping. And he goes, let's all stand. <laughs> and I looked at him like, I love you, man. I love you. It's me and you, man. It's me and you. <laughs> I didn't know this guy. I didn't know him. So I called him like the very next week and... And I, I told him, I said, hey, I called him on the phone because I want to know a little bit about the church. I had never been to a church where they taught the Bible before. So I called him on the phone. And this was in phone books, for those of you that uh, remember <laughs> this thing called a phone book. Do you remember that? Um, um, so I called him on the phone book. I looked up his name and called him on the phone book. From the phone book, and I said, uh, on the phone, number from the phone book. And I, and I said, hi, uh, this is Rodney uh, you remember the black guy from last Sunday? <laughs> Did I not? I said just like that. And he said, yeah, man, I remember you. I said, um, ask him some questions about the church. I love that church. And from that day forward, I have been going to Calvary chapels ever since that was, what, 31 years ago, maybe? 30, 30, 30 years ago-ish? Yeah, but, but we need, the, the point is, I, I'm just kidding, playing around with you guys. We, we uh, but I'm serious. We need, <laughs> we need, ladies, for you to stand with us. And even when, you know, we're doing something embarrassing, even when we're not, you know, doing necessarily the right thing, we don't need you saying, oh, look at you out there with the shameless fellows, you base sort of kind of guy. We don't need that. We need for you to say, you know what, honey? Come on in the house. <laughs> now, why were you out there with those base sort of fellas? <laughs> Am I right, fellas? That's what we need. We need some support. <laughs> Help us out. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be like that. And Michael's not a good example. Don't take your cues from Michael, okay? And the problem, I really think, the problem with Michael, we got to get to chapter 7, we'll be gone. The problem with Michael and David, here it is, watch, write down. The problem with Michael and David is that they were unequally yoked. 
They were completely unequally yoked. She doesn't have the same enthusiasm for God that David has. And therein lies a problem even if you are equally yoked. If your wife does not have the same kind of enthusiasm that you do about the word, you'll come home and you'll be all turned up about the word. And you, hey, honey, I learned this. I learned that. I saw this. I saw that. Yeah, that's nice. Or vice versa. You guys got to get on the same page when it comes to the things of God. Somebody say amen. You got to get on the same page when it comes to the things of the word so that, so that you have some fellowship and something in common when it comes to the word. You might have a thousand other things that are not in common, but your commonality must be found in this or you're not going to survive. And that was the problem. Sad day for Michael. Because verse 23, chapter 6, go ahead and look at it, tells us that she had no children all the, to, to, to the day of her death. This could mean that David put her aside and she was childless, or it could mean the Lord didn't allow her to have children. But I think we can learn critical people are often barren and unfruitful. Well, that brings us to chapter 7. Let me turn to myself. Second Samuel chapter 7. And let's see how much of this we can get covered tonight. Second Samuel chapter seven, saints, look at verse one. If you're looking at verse one, say I'm looking at it. Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in the house and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies all around that the king said to Nathan, the prophet, look at verse two. See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside a tent of curtains. And then Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in your heart to do. Underline that. Go do all that's in your heart to do, for the Lord is with you. But it happened in verse 4 that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I bought the children of Israel up from Egypt even to this day. But have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. And I've been... I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you, and I've made you a great name, like the name of great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for you, for my people Israel, and I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Man, tell that to some folk in the Middle East. And they shall move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also, the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. I don't want you to make me a house. I'm going to make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from my body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my namesake and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him, chasten him. 
with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I moved, removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. I'm sure you all know the name Nathan, Nathan the prophet. Uh, this is the same Nathan that um, went to David and um, when David was mixed up in that sin with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed on the front line of the battle in uh, chapter 12. We'll get there. But this is the same Nathan, that prophet. But here in chapter 7, Nathan just comes on the scene out of nowhere. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.